Welcome to the Eat Like an Italian podcast, where we will discuss the rationale, benefits, and practical application of the Mediterranean diet. We will explain how to maintain healthy eating habits without actually dieting, while at the same time enjoying some of the best cuisine on the planet. The centuries-old food traditions found in Italy still provide the most accurate template for a long and active life in the 21st century. We'll dive into the what of these practices, but we'll also unpack the why, so that we can better understand the direct links between lifestyle choices and overall well-being. Join us in the kitchen and at the table for a generous helping of delicious food. Here's to your health. Ciao. Buongiorno a tutti. I'm here today with Scott Maxwell in Puglia, who has a fantastic blog, uh, which we're going to talk about, and uh, uh, a podcast as well. But right now, we're going to focus on the food of Puglia, because many, many people don't know exactly what the specific dishes are to that region. So welcome, Scott. Hi, Rick, and thanks for having me and having the podcast in spirit um, all the way from Puglia, which is the heel of Italy. So Puglia is the um, region of Italy that forms the heel of the boot from the spur all the way down to the very tip of the heel. That's where you find us. And 400 kilometers long from the very top to the very bottom. And in fact, we have the longest, as well as being the longest of Italy's mainland regions, we also have the largest coastline of Italy's mainland regions. Yeah, so, it, it's really become more and more on, I think, everybody's radar lately, uh, as far as the destination Italy, you know, every place is always the next Tuscany, right? But uh, I, I think this yeah. one's already been through that evolution, and it, it sort of has a reputation of its own now. It, it, uh, certainly, it certainly has in Europe, um, and lots of Europeans have been coming to Puglia on vacation for quite a number of years, and especially Northern Europeans, Germans, Scandinavians. Um, and they like the very northern part of Puglia, Gargano, which is the spur, and Salento, which is the very lower part of our region. And British people tend to come to the Valley d'Itria. The Valley d'Itria is the middle section, which is very well known for the Trudy buildings. Those are the white conical roofed buildings that look like little Smurf houses. That's right. That's um, right. And um, seem to be everybody's favorite place to stay in. That's um, Alboro Bello, right? Um, Albero Bello. Albero Bello is where you find most of the truly. One trullo, two truly. Truly is plural for trullo. And um, that has got a huge concentration, about 1,500 truly in the center of Albero Bello. But Albero Bello is the most touristic part of our region. Mm -hmm. And it's not typical. You know, you can find much nicer spaces and areas with truly in them than Albero Bello because it is a little bit touristy, I find. And when it comes to food, it's the only place where you walk down the main street and you will find pizza and hot dogs headlining the <laughs> menu. Well, then let's up. let's use that as our jumping off point here, because we really want to get into the food of Puglia in this episode. And, um, I, you know, I have to admit, I'm really not that familiar. I know the, the Orecchiette is, is fairly famous, uh, Italy-wide anyway. And um, Okay, well, you know, Orecchiette, we of course, is, is our iconic pasta shape. Orecchiette means little ears, and it's so-called because the um, pasta shape is a little bit like little ears. However, let me tell you, Puglia is Italy's top regional olive oil producer. Really? So I think when um, people think of Italian olive oil, a lot of them think of Tuscany, but Puglia, Puglia produces around 40% of Italy's olive oil. Wow. Um, so it is the top regional producer. It is also the second top regional producer of red wine. 
Mm-hmm. So Primitivo and Negro Amaro. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, sorry, not just red wine, but it's the second top regional wine producer in Italy. But we are best known for our red wines, Negro Amaro, Primitivo, which tend to be um, full-blooded, very deep red, intense wines. And they come from just about, you know, from well, all around the region, but just about 30 kilometers um, from my door is where the best known producing region is, Manduria, area of Puglia, Manduria. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also gave the world burrata. Burrata is a Puglian cheese. Really? I, I didn't know that. I always French... thought it was yeah. from uh, the Napoli area. but I, From I guess... Campania or something yeah, like that. Yeah. No, no. No, burrata is from Puglia. Um, and I think a lot of people, some, some people get um, mozzarella, which is from um, Campania, uh, confused with the burrata. And of course, the unique thing about burrata is it has the very liquidy, creamy center. So that when you slice it open, and assuming it's very, very fresh, you will have a very soft liquid center pour out like a soft boiled egg. But of course, it's intensely white and creamy. Mm-hmm. Um, if the if the burrata is less than fresh, then the the the, the center tends to get absorbed. So it, it's it's a little it's still very soft inside, but it's a little bit firmer and firmer. Um, and when it's quite old, then it's quite firm and a little bit more like the mozzarella but there is another difference which is that traditionally mozzarella is made from the bufala right. from the the bufala milk um whereas the um the um burrata from puglia is made from fior di latte which is cow's milk okay. we do have our own mozzarella which is made from fior di latte as well and sometimes you might get burrata which is made from bufala um, but typically, it's fior de latte made from cow's milk rather than buffalo, and it always has that soft, liquid, creamy center. So when it's served, is it just served on its own? I mean, you serve it with bread, you serve it with a little olive oil and salt, well, do you put in um, a tomato one, or you know, One of my favorite ways to serve it is um, just on its own um, with some olive oil drizzled on top of it and a crack of salt and fr- freshly ground pepper mm-hmm. um, however you know i will serve it um, with pasta sometimes you will find it um, on top of a pizza um, as you know sometimes before the pizza goes in the oven it's put in but usually when a pizza comes out of the oven um, a slice of burrata will be put in it if it's a burrata style pizza you will find it um, served up on frizzelli frizzelli are Typical food from here. In fact, one of, I would say one of Puglia's top five foods. It's like a, a very hard, twice baked bread, and it's yeah. twice baked to preserve it. So that you know, historically, the sailors, the fishermen, um, and the farmers, the land workers, had that with them, um, so that they could um, it wouldn't go off while they were traveling or working away from home, uh, or, or sailing away from home, and they would just take it out. They would soak it in a little bit of sea water um, and then it would re- be ready to eat perhaps with some sliced tomatoes on top and burrata on top of that so you will often find um, burrata um, with frizzelli but but it comes in it, it comes with a variety of dishes you know from pasta pizza um, to being just in its own and, but on its own is, it's just perfect it's just so perfect. on its own it would be what we would probably served as an antipasto maybe or uh, or as part yeah, of a yeah, light yeah, lunch exactly. or, yeah. okay. as an antipasto um, just with some bread and I say with a nice drizzle of olive oil um, on top of it are there any um, other antipasto dishes that uh, are typical to Puglia that that come before you know that uh, I mean like I don't know I'm thinking like in Sicily you might get some camponata or something I mean what about it, Puglia is there anything like that sort of typical representative antipasto um, 
before before you before you get to actually eating food on the table, um, we have a very well known snack which is called um, trali. Trali. Hmm. I've never heard and of that. They are like, I suppose the closest, the easiest way to describe them is that they're probably like little pretzels. Okay. Um, in that they're very small and they're kind of circular shaped with the ends ah, wrapped, yes. over, uh, wrapped over each other. Yes. Um, but they are biscuits and they tend to be boiled and then baked. And you know, we would usually eat them when we're having, instead of having um, potato chips, for example, um, we would usually, when we're having our aperitivo, aperitivi, before we eat, we would have um, some terali, we would have some olives and yeah. just snack in those before we get to the table and before we start eating our meal. Okay, then um, let's ask, what's the drink at the aperitivo in Puglia? I mean, it's not, it's, oh, well, is well, it Campari Spritz a, or is it like it, the rest of the country? It's still Aperol Spritz. Okay, Aperol Spritz. Okay. Aperol Spritz. Um, okay. You'll find everywhere. Um, and you'll find everywhere in a huge variety of prices. Puglia typically is not a very expensive place to right. live or to come and visit. Um, but Estuni, which is the nearest city where I live, um, on the main square, it's very interesting because the prices for a glass of, um, for an Aperol spritz range from four euros eighty to ten euros. Yeah. So you know, if there are four or five of you, it's a huge difference, and that's literally just you know, one bar, you know, and another bar ten meters away. That huge price difference. Yeah. Um, but Aperol spritz would be the main um, aperitivo here. Um, sometimes in summer, I will drink. I will make a limoncello spritz, which is made mm. exactly the same way but with limoncello, homemade limoncello, because most of us make our own limoncello instead of the Aperol. And sometimes it's just as simple as a glass of chilled white wine. Yeah, so, right. Perfect, yeah. Um, so, um, but, but, we... so we'll, we'll have the tanali, but often and sometimes when we get, um, we might have polpetti. Polpetti are like, I, I guess if they come with meat, then they're meatballs. They're really bread dumplings or meatballs, which are made from bread that is, is you know, a couple of days old right. and mixed with strong grated cheese and herbs. And these are very much a staple of Puglian cuisine. And they do have a habit of finding you wherever you are in Puglia. <laughs> and you sometimes thing, have it? those as, as um, with your aperitivi, uh, but sometimes they are served as, as the antipasti as well. Okay. And they are, they are so, so super tasty. They're just an absolute wonderful appetizer served straight up deep fried and crunchy. But you can also have them, they're very adaptable, so you can have them with your um, aperitivo, you can have them as an appetizer, as the um, antipasto, or we can have them as um, a primo, as a first course, served up in a rich tomato sugo, a rich tomato sauce. Yeah, that and, sounds delicious. And sometimes even with pasta, so very adaptable, and you will find those, I mean, as well as in Puglia, I think you find them all across the south of the south of. Um, Italy. Yeah. But one of the interesting things is, and one of the differences is when they are, are meatballs, so the polpetti are the bread dumplings, but they're also meatballs when they're made with meat, is that here in Puglia, the meatballs, the polpetti will be much, much smaller than you will find, say, for example, in Rome in the north, because I see a lot of American Italian recipes using meatballs, which are these huge, huge <laughs> balls <laughs> serving spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. But the other critical difference is that here they're not polpetti unless they're deep fried first. Hmm. So they may be put in a tomato sauce afterwards and they may be served with spaghetti. Unlikely, because I think that's more American serving meatballs with spaghetti than right. it is. Yeah, know, definitely. But they must be fried. 
you know, if they're not fried, then they're not polpetti. So we do fry our meatballs and we fry these bread dumplings first before, you know, and then, and then serve them straight up or they then go into a tomato sauce. Okay. Um, but the polpetti are an, an, another big um, favorite. Okay. So, so what about then if we're moving on to uh, first course? We already mentioned the orecchiette, but how, how are those prepared? And, and what are some of the other first courses or pasta dishes? So orecchiette um, continui di rapa um, is the iconic Puglia dish. And I think that it, if anyone was coming to Puglia, it is the dish that I would say you must try to have a taste of Puglia. Orecchietti con cimidirapa. Is that like now, a cimidirapa? Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. The cimidirapa you will find described in menus as turnip tops. Okay. But they're not turnip tops at all. And it's very, I've spoken to even a number of Italian um, cookery writers as to whether they can come up with a better Italian translation for cimidirapi rather than turnip tops. But they're really in truth like a broccoli rabbi. Yeah. Do you say rabbi or rab? Rabbi in, in American. I guess in, we would say broccoli rab in um in US. Rab, okay. See, because, <laughs> well, that's because, my Chicago because accent now, too. Now I'm speaking in Italian. It's a very right. interesting thing. I did not know before I came to Italy that, and that was almost six years ago now, that Italian language is pronounced exactly as it's written. Yeah. So I think before I moved here, I might well have said broccoli rab. Yeah. Um, and that's why I asked the question. But now that I live in Italy, I know that an Italian would say broccoli rabbi. Because yeah. you pronounce every single letter in a word. That's right. That's right. And so the broccoli rabbit. Except the so H. Like Sometimes broccoli, you don't pronounce the stem. H. But <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's right. So it's like a tender stem, a, a tender stem broccoli, um, but it's much softer and it melts very, it melts much more quickly and becomes much more mushy and mm -hmm. softer. Um, so after about five minutes of boiling, you know, it's become more like a paste, more like a, a little bit like a pesto because we mix it with um, olive oil and sometimes with anchovies with some um chili flakes and with some salsiccia or no i thought maybe sometimes it was goes with salsiccia too no the... um well i think that's perhaps more american um, okay i do see that's... americans doing um chimichurri with salsiccia um with sausage meat in it but mm, not really here not really. It's not okay. something we see a lot. no yeah. no um not with the chimichurri Okay. Um, but I do see lots of Americans offering that as a, <laughs> yeah. as a, 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 a dish. Um, right, yeah. Can't have enough so, meat, you know, for the U.S., I no. guess. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, so meat, I mean, we, we, meat is an interesting thing because, um, you know, sometimes you can go um, quite a number of days without seeing meat on the menu. It just depends where you go. Um, but, you know, Puglia is also famous for um, some very famous meat dishes from Puglia. So, for example, we have Bombetti, Bombetti Pugliese. And Bombetti are little parcels of meat which are stuffed well when i say stuffed actually it's probably like it's it's meat which is thinned it's it's beaten or hammered so that it's it's thin and then you put fillings in the middle and wrap it up um and skewer them so i guess maybe the closest thing that you might be accustomed to are like some kebabs okay where you know they're skewered round bowls of meat that are stuffed um, it's usually pork, but it can be veal or it can be beef. And they're stuffed with a selection of cheeses or cured meats and herbs. And the interesting thing is that many butcher shops transform into what are called bracceria mm -hmm. um, by night. So you actually, you go to the butcher's counter, you order what you want, whether that is the bombetti, which are the kind of skewered um, stuffed parcels of meat, or if it's just salsicci, if it's sausages you want, or indeed any other meats, including steak. Um, and you order that from the butcher's counter. Then you go to a table and the butcher will um, grill it for you and then we'll take it out and serve it up to you. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that, that wow. I think, started as people, when they went to the butchers and they were just hungry and snacky, um, the butcher would cook something for them. But it has become a real culture in having and going to these butcher shops that become bracharia. Um, and, I mean, they are, they, you just go there for meat. Okay, yes, you get vegetables on the side, but that is a real meat eater's feast. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of vegetarian food here because Puglia's cuisine is traditionally, it's called cucina povera. Right. Um, that is, it's, it's really peasant, you know, literally translates as peasant food. And that's because the people here were very, very poor. So, for example, um, our pasta is made simply with flour and water. There are no eggs in the um, Puglian pasta. Durum wheat and um, water is durum wheat, flour and water, a little bit of salt, it's your pasta. And that's because the eggs were too expensive. It was a waste to put the eggs in our pasta. Right. Um, eggs were typically sold to generate revenue um, to get some you know, very welcome income. So um, chicken as well is, a, is, is another dish that you don't find a lot on menus here because you know, the chickens were needed for the eggs. They weren't killed um, to be cooked. Uh, so you, you think sometimes, oh, well, it's a very um, vegetarian-based food, a very ve sometimes even vegan-friendly, um, but there are these huge kind of corners and areas where food is such an uh, meat is such an important part of our cuisine, as I say, such as the bombetti um, and the, the polpetti when they are meatballs, um, and also a lot of cured meats. One of the most famous cured meats from our region is, is Capocolo di Martina Franca, um, which is a dried, cured pork cold cut um, mm -hmm. from the neck, um, which is, is cola, so yeah. right. beautifully smoked. Yeah, be smoked with bay leaves, thyme, almonds, Mediterranean herbs. Wow. Um, and it's one of the, one of the you know, kind of protected um, foods of the Puglia region coming from Martina Franca. Um, and, and, you know, so it's another one of the very famous meats. That so that's you, more, you that Martina Franca is more inland, I'm assuming. So I, I know there's also like a lot of, obviously, you know, people go there for the, for the beaches and for the coast and probably there's a lot more seafood, the closer you, obviously, the closer you get to the sea. Um, yeah. I mean, is that, is that, is Puglia known for their seafood or is it, is well, it absolutely. Well, you know, as I say, we have the longest coast in mainland Italy and we've got two coasts. We've got um, two seas. We've got the Adriatic Sea on the east and we've got the, Ionian Sea um, on the on the west, and I think that I think the 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 widest stretch between the Ionian and the Adriatic um, from memory. So don't quite quote me on in this, but it's around sixty kilometers. So you're actually never really far from the coast wherever you are in Puglia, and certainly if you are between um, Taranto and Bari. So, excuse me, Taranto and Brindisi, um, then, you know, you, you know, if you're in the middle, then it's, if you're in the middle of that section, then it's 30 kilometers either side. Um, you know, so for example, where I live, I'm about 15, 15 minutes to the Adriatic Sea and about 40 minutes to the Ionian Sea by car. Um, so yes, seafood is huge here. And in fact, it's very interesting because young people are big fans of sushi, which seems to only have come um, to Puglia in the last three, four years. But of course, before sushi came here, and Puglia was very famous for um, raw fish. Raw fish and raw seafood is a big part of the Puglian diet. Um, and we have crudi di mari and frutti di mari crudi, so raw seafood. 
And one of my favorite things to tell people if they're coming to visit Puglia is to go to um, the Porto Vecchio, the old port at Bari. And there the fishermen come in with their daily catch and they will prepare for you depending on what they've caught that day um, and depending on what time of the year it is because everything here is seasonal. Um, but they will serve up the raw fish and the raw seafood. Um, so often you can go there and get sea urchin. Yeah, with the ricci. really beautiful, yeah. yeah, the ricci with this really beautiful and fragrant orange flesh, mm -hmm. um, and you're given a slice of bread and you're given um, a slice of lemon, and what we um, say is we're, we're fare la scarpetta. Yeah. So you're scooping out the flesh um, with the the bread, the little um, shoe, yeah, exactly. Um, the raw octopus is probably the next best prize catch. Wow. Um, which you can get from the uh, from the port there. Um, and then if you go to Taranto and the Ionian coast, Taranto has the most delicious mussels that I think I've ever, ever had. Um, and I eat mussels, you know, uh, I've eaten mussels all over the world. Um, and I keep coming back to Taranto for these sweet, juicy, succulent mussels. And I think it's because where they're grown, or where, where they grow, um, the conditions are absolutely perfect. There are a couple of inner bays and they're very highly oxygenated. And I think because of underground springs that come into the bay, which is seawater. And um, so these freshwater springs come into the sea, which are highly oxygenated. And I just think that they um, are really good for the plankton and everything that the um, mussels feed on. And really, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm in no doubt about it, you know, having kind of been a bit dubious, but having gone back again and again, and even just this week, that the mussels are absolutely delicious, whether you have them raw, whether you have them steamed um, or whether you have them cooked in, in any other dish. I absolutely love the Kotsi um, Tarantesi, the Kotsi mussels. Absolutely delicious and absolute must, again, for anyone else who's visiting the Puglia region. No, those, that sounds fantastic. I, I love I love fresh mussels. Yeah. But I am having a problem with, with, with eating octopus. I mean, the polpo, polpo panini, panini, sorry, polpo panini, um, the octopus sandwich is really, really popular here. Wow. Um, and it's quite nice. You know, you can get it deep fried or you can get it um, kind of steamed or you can get it semi-barbecued. Um, but I keep reading, you know, and certainly over the last six months, you know, I've read a lot about octop octopuses being very sentient and yeah, right. intelligent. And, um, and I'm starting to feel quite bad about eating octopus. So, you know, I'm kind of shying away from eating octopus, but you know, then I think of the economy because the octopus fishermen are everywhere and, you know, it's a big part of um, life around here. So it's a difficult one for me because I have this moral issue about whether I should be eating octopus. But, you know, in terms of the economy and in terms of just what's available in terms of its absolute deliciousness, yeah, um, right. you know, it's yeah. hard It's hard to turn it away. It's hard to, to say no when it's on the menu, whether it's, you know, in a panino or whether it's on the menu as a... You, As a salad, you, um, or bought, you know, done in a piñata, which is like a terracotta pot, slow cooked in a tomato sauce over about six to eight hours, so so tender and delicious, you know. But I don't know. I'm undecided. Um, do they do the uh, the sepia nera there, the pasta with the sepia nera, the, the squid ink sauce, uh, black um, black pasta? Or? Yes, I mean, I I see it from time to time, um, but um, not as common as you might find um, in other parts. Of right. Italy. Right. Um, but I'll tell you a dish. I mean, just talking about kind of black pasta, um, and it's not really black um, in the sense of being, you know, black throughout, um, but it's black, black because it's burnt um, and deliberately burnt, not burnt by accident. Um, Barry has a very famous dish that really 
you only find it well you you find in Bari and you find elsewhere in Puglia but it's not very well known elsewhere in Italy and I don't know how well known it is as an Italian or a Puglian spaghetti dish in the rest of the world but we have a dish which is called spaghetti al assassina and that translates as killer's spaghetti um, and it should be three things it should be burnt it should be crispy and it should be fiery and the way in which we cook spaghetti alla Cecina is very unique. It's actually cooked like a risotto. So it's cooked using the risottatura method, which is that you put the raw spaghetti into a pan, you lie it down in what I would call like a frying pan. I don't know if you call that a skirt, a skir, a, you call it a skirtle, no, you, a frying pan, a skirt. I, I, I kind of don't know what Americans skillet? call it. Skillet, pan. maybe? A skillet. It's like yeah. a skillet. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so the pasta lies dried um, full length in a skillet, and you have to have one that's big enough so that it will hold all the pasta, and, and all the pasta will be touching the base of the pan. And you slowly add tomato broth to it. So just like um, just water and tomato sauce um, or a tin of tomatoes, um, as if it were a risotto. So you know how you have your rice in the pan and you add um, the liquid to the rice and the risotto and you stir it until it absorbs and you add more. Well, that's exactly the same way that you cook this pasta. You do not boil the pasta. It goes into the pan raw. You add the tomato broth. Um, and as it absorbs and cooks, you let it burn and you let it blacken. And that gives the spaghetti alla sassina its very unique taste and its killer name. And it's it's called because sometimes some people say it's called killer spaghetti and um, because it's a killer dish in terms of being burnt and fiery. But others will tell you that it's called killer's spaghetti because you're actually killing the spaghetti when you're <laughs> cooking it. And, and that's because you do you do know how you hear it squealing and cracking, but squealing because you add the water, you let it absorb and you don't add the next round of water until it squeals and screams at you. Um and you let it burn, and then you add more. And you know, there's a recipe on the website and video and, and um, some stills of me cooking it. And you might think, oh, this is a disaster; it's all burned. But it's an abs—it's unbelievably tasty, and it's such a surprise because you really wouldn't think that um, pasta, which is crispy and burnt um, and fiery, would be so tasty. But it is. It's. It's a beautiful, incredible dish, and well, quite unique. I'm looking at the picture um, of it here on your website. Yeah. It looks amazing. Spaghetti alla Cicina. Yeah. Oh, it's it's such a, a favorite. Wow. And very, very strangely, and I have no idea why, but um, so many people this year have asked me where to go to get the best spaghetti alla Cicina. Um And I recently, there are a number of restaurants in Barry that do it, and I recently visited the one that um, Stanley Tucci, Stanley oh, Tucci, right. um, the actor who is doing a series... I think it's called Discovering Italy or yeah. Searching for Italy. That's a, a series called Searching for Italy. I think it took him until the second season to visit Puglia, which was kind of surprising given Puglia has such a reputation as being one of Italy's top foodie destinations. But anyway, when he came here, he did try the spaghetti alla Sassina. And I think he was like so surprised by how unique it was, seeing that he'd never, ever had spaghetti like it before. He'd never seen it being cooked like this. Yeah, um, I'm looking at and it, and you have a pretty you have a pretty good like step by step guide here on your website that I'm going to yeah, have a look at. Yeah. I mean, is this something yeah. I can follow and try it at home? <laughs> oh, for sure, it's very easy. The yeah. only the only thing that you've got to make sure is that you have a pan 
a skillet is as a frying pan. Yeah. I think for you that's a skillet that is um, big enough to hold all of the spaghetti lying down so that the spaghetti is in contact. I see with that. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture. I see that. Um, okay. That's the only the only difficult thing about this recipe. Because it's all um, they all have to touch the pan. In other words, it can't just be exactly, sitting on top yes, of one so another. It burns yeah. And yeah. It, it absorbs exactly. Yeah. In theory, every single piece of spaghetti should touch the pan. I mean, it doesn't have to because you know, I have a little maybe two or three thick, but it does need to be wide enough to let the spaghetti kind of roll out um, and take the entire length of the spaghetti. Um, and it is, I say, it's, it's cooked like risotto. It's not boiled first. And you cannot, you cannot make it with pasta, that, with spaghetti that has already been boiled. It just won't work if you well, do that. Listen, Scott, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up here. I got, I'm on my time limit, oh. uh, but, but we're going to have another conversation oh, about, about your tour. No, no, this is perfect. This is a perfect uh, thing to close on, but I want to continue the yeah. conversation. Well, you see, when I start talking about food, uh, food from Puglia, I love talking about food. I'm the Puglia. same way. I, 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 I mean, and you've, and you've introduced me to a few things that I've never had before. So thank you for that. And, um, you know, we'll close this no conversation here pleasure. for now, but we're going to take it to the next uh, to the next podcast. And we're going to talk about tourism, gay tourism in Puglia. And you can tell us all about that. So uh, sure. I'm going okay, well, to talk to you again in Look a couple minutes and we'll continue from there. Yeah. All right. Okay, thanks, then, Appreciate it. Ciao. No ciao, ciao. Well, that's it for today's episode. Come back next time for another generous helping of straight talk about the benefits of a Mediterranean diet. And find us on our website at eatlikeanitalian.com. Ciao.